Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about committing to you from day one. Body Armor's got you and here to help you commit to your fitness goals. Buy any Body Armor products at your local store and Body Armor will give you 50% cash back to put towards your fitness journey. Now through March 31st, commit to fit with Body Armor Sports Drink. Visit www.bacommittofit.com for full rules. And shop now at retailers nationwide. Hey there. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Welcome, everybody, and happy 2021. Even though we're recording this, I'm just going to say it's airing on January 1st, and so it's a new era, a new day. Uh, welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Friday toast of the Art and Park Show with Nancy and Lisa. We're the crazy mother-daughter travel team on our Love Your Park Store. We travel full-time documenting parks and public lands and also sharing the stories of their communities. And we also publish two digital publications and this year is all about special publications coming out from special editions. So we've got Big Blend Radio and TV Magazine, our variety publication, and Parks and Travel Magazine. But we've got a whole bunch coming out, uh, just specialty publications coming this year. So keep up with us at BigBlendMagazines.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's the best way to get them. Uh, but listen, First Friday is really special. Uh, every First mm-hmm. Friday for the last few years, we've been interviewing or at least airing recorded interviews with artists and residents uh, that are all part of the National Parks Arts Foundation Artists and Residency Program. They do awesome stuff. They, they work with artists. You can be a poet, a musician, a writer, a painter, a photographer, a filmmaker, a ceramist, you know, whatever you want to do. You can apply to be one of their artists and residents where you get to spend an entire month in a national park unit. Uh, we're talking Hawaii volcanoes. We're talking you know, Chaco Canyon out in northern New Mexico, Dry Tortugas, your own private island in uh, cool. you know, the Florida Keys. So this is really, island. really unique. I know. <laughs> I, want them out of, I want the island. I know. We both do. <laughs> no, yeah, but, you know, apparently off-grid for a whole month. And so I go, yeah, That's even more. Cool. So, there we go. That'd be so uh, check, cool. Check out nationalparksartsfoundation.org. Uh, and we get get their newsletter, sign up for the social medias and everything so that you can keep up with their opportunities because they get grants for them and these opportunities come and go fast. And if you don't get it the first time around, apply for the next time. Our next, uh, our today's show, we have two uh, guests joining us that they've been on our show before. Uh, both are connected to the National Parks Arts Foundation and they're joining us to talk about the Antarctic Artists and Writers Collective. It's a new organization of past participants in the National Science Foundation Antarctic Artists and Writers Program. I really encourage cool. you to go to the website. It is like you are gonna you're you're gonna go down the rabbit hole of Antarctica through the arts. It is an mm-hmm. amazing experience. Go to aawcollective.com, and I'm gonna bring our our first guest, Glenn McClure. He's who emailed me uh, saying, hey, check this out. You know, you girls, you got to put us on the show. And we're like, heck, yeah, we do. Uh, Glenn is an amazing composer, musician. He was on our show when he was at the Artist in Residence with uh, the National Parks Arts Foundation when he was in Hawaii at the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. His website is artforbrains.com, and he's also a co-founder of the group. But, Glenn, welcome back. How are you? 
Uh, uh, thank you so much. It's it's so great to be back. Hey, it is good to have you back on the show, too. Um, I want to bring also our second guest, Michelle, back on. It's been a few years. Uh, Glenn was on mm. in January 2019, so this is like our every two-year anniversary call with you, Glenn. It's like within <laughs> days. It's awesome. Uh, Michelle was on our show way back in 2017 in spring. Uh, Michelle Schwengel-Regala, and uh, she is awesome. Go to her website, schwengala.com. Am I getting that right, Michelle? I'm pronouncing That's everything perfect. here. Thank you. Hey, wow, perfect. Cool. And we're recording mm-hmm. this while we're live in your hometown in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Woohoo! Hey, <laughs> we listen. Do you listen? It's, it's, it's cheese curds. Is that a, that is a big deal here? Cheese curds and beer. Oh, yes. Apparently. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh yes, and the sausage and the kraut and all the foods I love. I can get some of them out here, but the cheese curds never, never fresh enough. <laughs> so enjoy them for uh- me, please. Okay. Oh, okay. We're doing really good. We're doing really, We've really got good. The excuse to go get them now. <laughs> I know we can get more, uh, but you are um, also you're a scientific illustrator, a fiber artist, a naturalist, and also the National Parks Arts Foundation an invitation artist. You called us uh, with Tanya Ortega, the founder of NPAF, um, back in 2017 when you came on the show. Um, but you are also part of this whole program, and I think this is so exciting to have you both on because you're both. Um, very different in what you do in, in your art, which is the thing um, that's really cool about this collective. Glenn, tell us about how this whole thing started um, in creating this collective. Well, um, Michelle and I are, are part of, uh, of a long history of, of artists, of, um, of visual artists, photographers, musicians, there's um, uh, uh, graphic um, novel artists, uh, all sorts of folks that have been been um, part of the heritage of the arts of Antarctica. Um, we we actually can can trace our artistic heritage all the way back to the age of exploration back in the in in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And, yeah, every one of those great explorers uh, mm. like like um, like Scott and Shackleton mm. made sure that they had artists on their boats to to help tell the story of mm-hmm. um, of this place that um that uh, I know when when I was getting ready to go um, many people said that that going to antarctica is the closest to visiting another planet without leaving ours mm. mm-hmm. cool. uh, and mm. um and and so and so you know, for, uh, right off the bat we're we're proud to be to be part of this you know more than century long heritage you know, you know, you know, going back to like um, photographers like like Frank Hurley, who was on the Shackleton expedition, and um, and and telling the story of, of Antarctica through the arts uh, to the rest of the world. And so, mm-hmm. I, I was down there in the fall of 2016, and uh, and as I was down there with a couple of, of other artists, um, as as part of this um, the National Science foundation artist and writers grant okay so so um so one thing to, to to note that you know one of the premier science organizations on the planet also values the power of what artists bring to telling the story of of science and scientists uh, because yeah. there is this this amazing fellowship that that um that both Michelle and I um uh 
have benefited from and, and lots of other folks. But when I was down there in the fall of 2016, I, I was just kind of asking around a little bit and saying, um, gee, have any of the people that have gotten this grant from the National Science Foundation, um, have they ever gotten together and done some stuff? You know, have they mm. shared their work? Have they have they ever kind of you know bound together as a group? And um, and and largely the answer to that was was not really. So um, so coming back from that um, with with a couple great people uh, from um, the, that we worked with uh, and also past um, uh, Antarctic uh, participants, we we gathered together at a. Uh, at a place called Aunt Karen's Farm uh, outside of Oneonta, New York, it's an hmm. uh, it's a wonderful wonderful artist retreat run by uh, uh, Karen Schaefer, who uh, who actually did did some work down in in Antarctica, but also has a a, a vast heritage of working in the um, in the Manhattan arts community, and uh, and we gathered with about 13 of us to simply ask the question. Gee, all of us are doing great work. Is there a reason for us to gather together? And mm-hmm. um, and the uh, the the resounding answer to that question was yes. And so uh, since so since that time, the last year and a half, uh, we've been trying to answer um, the next round of questions of of, of what does that mean? And uh, it, it's been so exciting to be part of these. The, this this group of artists um, in building a new organization, um, and um, and I must admit that especially in the time of COVID, when when uh, so much of the arts, um, and you know, you know and, and and certainly in my world in the performing arts has been shut down, uh, I have so greatly valued uh, this this deep and inspiring conversation with with twelve other artists to uh, mm. to create. The Antarctic Artists and Writers Collective. I, I love this, and, mm. and you know, going to Michelle. I mean, I think there's something important with Antarctica because this whole website, because there's an online ex- ex- exhibitions going on, and um, it just immerses you in a place that for majority of us don't get to go. Um, also, um, you're putting science in the forefront, which has been in, I don't know, just keeps getting attacked over and over, and yet we need science. I mean, it's like. When you break your arm and you, your doctor puts your arm in a cast, that's thanks to ancient medicine, and Ayurveda, and science coming together. So um, I'm just saying it's important, especially now with climate change, that uh, what you're showing through art is a way for us to connect. And I think it's a way to also interpret science. And I think, Michelle, what you've done with your work, too, is very fascinating, both of you and everyone that have been, you know, getting – I, it is a rabbit hole on that website. When you go in there, you're going to, like, dig it and get your kids involved, too. Man, it's so cool. Uh, but, Michelle, tell us a little bit about your journey in Antarctica when you went. Sure, sure. I listened to our previous interview yesterday, and at the end I realized, indeed, I mentioned that I was waiting for news on this application to go to Antarctica. And I'm yes. so glad to report that that first round of, of proposal that my collaborator and I put forth was accepted now, our proposal was a little bit different from most in that we were proposing that we would scuba dive under the sea ice outside cool. of the, the perimeter of Ross Island, where McMurdo Station is. It's the largest research station on the continent run by the U.S., and, awesome. and we, we were scuba diving at four different dive sites in the oh. area, all, all accessed 
by driving on vehicles on top of the sea ice. It was during the awful oh summer, so the temperatures wow. were quite quite moderate, <laughs> but still, it was it was quite cold. But you know, the the experience it was exactly like what you're saying, Glenn. That the the past explorations are 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 all are often saying how much it's like being on another planet. And, and mm-hmm. especially the underwater realm, I think that exemplifies it even further. It felt like I was on some other, some other world in another galaxy or something. It was, it was unlike any other diving I'd ever done before, but absolutely worth all the effort. Oh, and, and mm-hmm. we've got photos of you doing it. And one of the photos, you said this is your 33rd dive. Like, you seriously went wow. under the water 33 times? Over there? Cool. Yes, for science. Absolutely. What's wrong with you, girl? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think it's cool. I'm just I would kidding. I'm like, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I would I totally that do that. Fact. But how did oh, you good. keep I'm glad to hear how, that. No, but how did yeah. you keep warm? Like, I believe that my heritage in Wisconsin and the fact that I got my initial scuba certification in Wisconsin was oh, wow. preparing me no all way. along for this expedition. I didn't know it at the time, but but that's, that's what it led to, and it was perfect. Um, the the uh-huh. gear you wear when you're in, in cold water, if you're ice yeah. diving or diving in, in colder waters, is not the neoprene that you often wear if you are in, in more comfortable waters. Instead, yeah. conditions like this require a dry suit, and that's it's considered a, an exposure suit where you are, you are there's a, a distinct barrier where you're not coming in contact with the water itself. There are these tight seals around your neck and around your wrist, Oh. Or you have, you know, this entire, it's like wearing a big garbage bag and you have to, you know, get out some of that air so that you're not super buoyant and like a Stay Puffed Marshmallow character. <laughs> but it all That's works funny. out. You know, the system is, is very technical, but it's also very straightforward. And, and these, were, these were new diving skills I was so happy to acquire for this purpose. Wow. So you don't wow. go to the surface butt first. Only when you want to. You know, you have control oh. over how, how buoyant your suit is. <laughs> And, oh, and I was wearing more wow. weight around my waist than any other dive experience, so that was that was an interesting modification uh, to have to adjust to. <laughs> huh. it's, cool. it's so funny That's because now it. you're in Hawaii, and I know you've been to Tahiti. You've done other, you know, expeditions, and this is, you, I mean, tropical. You've you've done the extremes, like, you know, I I I don't want to say bipolar, but it's bipolar, like literally the different. Oh, you are oh. right. You are right. My husband had a research spot in Sweden for a year before we did our first interview and before we moved to Hawaii. And so during that year, we did travel up above the Arctic Circle of Sweden. And so I can say that I am bipolar in that capacity. <laughs> I would right love on. to do more work in the Arctic to, to really explore that area to the depths like I did at the, south, at the Southern Hemisphere. So that's, wanna... that's on my list of goals for now. <laughs> Your your art too, what you've done, and I remember our conversation. Um, and I want to get to Glenn's too because I I talk about you guys on shows all the time. And um, <laughs> Glenn, definitely, I want to touch on some of the music thing because there's some stuff that we're doing that I'm like I want to record uh, nature sounds because I feel like they're going away. I want to talk about that. But what was interesting in our conversation before on your art, uh, what you do with you when you crochet. And uh, you, what you did with the chain, like, you know, Nancy's like, the lady with the chain is coming back on the show. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because what you, what you did, it was like, you were talking about how it, it's representing, like, the, what was it, all the science stuff, all the little meters going up and down with all the lights and all the, you know, it, it, it sounds like you guys were on, like, a Star Trek ship. I'm just going to say yeah. that. Let's put it that way, yeah. right? <laughs> of all the science geeky yes. stuff going on. 
And so you took what the scientists were doing and making pet, like you were like recording, you both were doing sound waves in, a, in an interesting way. It's cool to have you both on like this, talking about mm-hmm. this. Yeah, and, Glenn and I, when Glenn and I met in New York in 2019, indeed, we initially felt a connection where there were ways that we could share each other's inspirations and subject matter. And I feel like there's still a collaboration in the works between us, Glenn, <laughs> whether it be in, you know, in Hawaii or some other part of the world. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that detail. I'm just looking forward to when we can make that plan. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, you, you know, the, that notion of the two of us working together is, is very much exemplative of the spirit of the collective as well. Where um, I, I know, you know, you know, in our first year of kind of forming the group, I've, I, um, I worked with with one of our visual artists, uh, putting together some things for a conference presentation, and and there's been great, great, great collaboration among uh, among everyone. Um, in in many ways, I guess that the uh, the the work of the collective this year has mimicked you know my experience of actually being uh being at mcmurdo station in in antarctica uh where you know whether whether i was out in the ice with with the with this seismic team that was that was collecting data on the movement of the ross ice shelf or whether it was back at mcmurdo station itself where you know it whether you're a you're you're a grantee from the National Science Foundation mm-hmm. Artisan Writers Program, or whether you're a mechanic or a cook, um, you know, or a scientist uh, or a dishwasher. Uh, there's a, a vital uh, vital artistic community there at the station. Um, yeah, I was down there for this very very specific project to to sonify uh, uh, this data from the Ross ice shelf to, to, to change the, the numerical, you know, data sets into music. But, um, but on the third day that I was there on the ice, um, uh, one of, of the, the, the most uh, celebrated of, of Antarctic um, scientists in the last uh, few, uh, few years had a tragic accident out on the ice and passed Ooh. away. And, okay. um, and so our 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 dear 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 friend and and, and sort of coordinator oh. down on the ice Elaine Hood walked up to me and said and said um, hey Glenn do you know any um, any Scottish music mm-hmm. and 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 she said yeah because you know Gordon Gordon Hamilton he was a great lover of Scottish culture and we have to create a memorial service oh. and so and so I you know I. On my third day there, I was, you know, we, you know, we found a found a violin in the, in in the um, in the closet that had a whole, whole bunch of musical instruments that you could share, and and I found someone who could play guitar, and 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 we. And we played. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. 
One night, one goal. Stop suicide. Register today for the overnight and join thousands in Washington, D.C. on June 3rd as we walk 16 miles from dusk till dawn to stop suicide. Start your journey today at theovernight.org. Played a whole bunch of Scottish dance tunes for, for a memorial service. And oh. it, 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 was, it, it, was, it was so exemplative of, of the ways in which the arts have, have not only been part of the Antarctic experience, but, but are so vital to people that mm. that 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 live on on the um, you, you live live very close to to to, to danger, that um, the, the, that when we're out there doing this hard work, whether you're a you, you, you're an artist, a musician, or a scientist, um, it's a shared danger, and um, and the 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 chances for us to celebrate together are. are around art and music and, and good food are, are so important um, uh, in that, in that kind of place. I'm passing a tray mm-hmm. of cheese curds to you right now. French onion soup. Yeah, I think that's, 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 but that's, but that's beauty. And I think it's so important with the arts because I think the arts have always told the truth of what's happening in the world historically, because it's got the vibe of people in there. Like, you know, we, we, you know, we're living in the world of, you know, the attacks of fake news and all of that stuff going on. And at the same time, the arts tell what people are going through. You can tell by music what people are going through and, and what you both do and, and the other artists, too, not only document that and are celebrating, just like you said, with that concert, like that memorial tribute, you're, you're, you're documenting science, you're documenting nature and in the environment, which it's, um, you go back to, you know, Charles Darwin days and you know how they were doing all the I know Michelle we talked about this before and you know I geek out on this these these scientific illustrations of animals and landscapes and you know and that's why I so love 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 your art um it's just it's it's like we appreciate the small things and like I love going on the website of of this collective. I mean, everyone again, uh, check this out. You've got to go to aawcollective.com. You have an artist there that's showing all these things under the ice, and it's like we forget all these little things that nature are about. And so, when it comes to protecting Mother Nature, and we look at climate change, if we don't have that connection, and that's what I think the arts mm-hmm. the arts are that connection, we're not going to protect mm-hmm. her. You know, mm-hmm. you know, right. The can... National Science Foundation has so much clout in deciding directions of scientific inquiry, at least, you know, by those who apply from the United States. And, and in these days where science and scientific knowledge, authority, inquiry are being undercut so readily, you know, medical, mm-hmm. medical science even now, mm-hmm. in these yeah. days, it's even more important, I think, to have ways in which science can reach a greater audience. And part of the directive for people who get support from the National Science Foundation is to do outreach, to, to mm-hmm. demonstrate the greater impact that the research can hold. And the Artists and Writers Program is such an astonishingly astute way of making sure that directive is carried out. The fact that we can, through arts and writing, we can reach audiences that might not be interested in going to pick up a, a science magazine, even a popular publication or something, or, or TV shows perhaps that are about science or travel or such. You know, the arts can reach those creative media. So I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of this organization, you know, supported by NSF, but then also now part of the Artists and Writers Collective that is showcasing the work that we've all done on our own through our very specific projects out on the ice 
but we're now coming together and, and we have a great curator that we're working with who is finding ways to tie our disparate works together. She's creating these brilliant narratives that are not only, not only finding links between the works that the 13 of us are doing, but she's also looking back over the decades where the earlier people that have been in the Artists and Writers Program were also doing work. She's, she's reaching back to, to see the way things began and the way it, it's currently operating. And so even though it's only the 13 of us founders that are being showcased in this first exhibition, we are a growing membership organization and past participants are, are coming on by the dozens. So we have over half of the overall participants historical participants in our group right now. So as you watch the website, there will be more and more members showing up with their particular project pages on the highlights on the website. So it's very exciting. So stay tuned. <laughs> very cool. You know, I think it's really cool because for me, art always shows you a different way to look at something that you thought you know about. You, I know this subject but then somebody will come along with a painting or a poem or a song and they'll say something like, well, hold, wait a minute. Maybe there's some other thing I missed and it's a new way of looking at something. And I think that a new way of looking at things is part of actually survival. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if you get too complacent, that's when the lion takes you down, dude. <laughs> you know? So it's a new mm -hmm. way of looking at things. And and I think it's part of our personal responsibility to be a little bit more on the frontier of seeing change and and not always being oh there's a change it's bad you know it's it's um, mm -hmm. you can see change coming if you look at art and you listen to poetry and you listen to music they're already telling you something's happening here. Oh boy, I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go back to the '60s. <laughs> yes, but yeah, you know, cue Sam Cooke any moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. you know, yeah, it's a reflection of what we're doing, and it is a forerunner of what we're about to do, as mm. as a, a society, and it's yeah. important. Gwen, has that yeah. been part of the mm -hmm. conversation between the artists? And when I say artists, I mean writers, and you know, because I, I mean it as a collective, you know, of that is, um, is that part of the conversation of the role? You know, there's the art side, and sometimes artists just, you know, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I got to get this, get this out on a canvas or whatever it's going to be. Um, but is do you feel like there's also a role of this being um, an important way of keeping climate change in the forefront? Yeah, it, it, it's there's. I think that that it, you know the, 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 there's a lot of rumors out there that that you know artists are are folks that that spend all their time kind of living inside of their heads and 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 mm. um, and and sort of pulling down the shades and closing the doors and yeah. creating <laughs> artwork and and then somehow it's brilliant and someone discovers that it's brilliant and and but 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 that's that's so far from the truth of what so many working artists are doing yeah. uh, uh, like those in our collective where where the the arts are are fundamentally uh, a conversation Okay, between between the subject, the artist, and the audience, mm -hmm. and um, and and the the collective here, I think, gives us a, a, a wonderful opportunity to leverage 
all of these 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 conversations around around climate change but 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 I think that that even before we get to the climate change issue you know our our year of covid uh, as as well as some of of the other um, the other struggles uh, in, in our country over the last couple of years, I think for for many of us have you know, has has developed or has created a greater sense of isolation mm. uh, where yeah. where we're where, where we're we're alone more okay we're mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're not bumping into folks that that um, that that spontaneously give us a new idea and make us think of something okay we're 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 more and more holed up in, in into our our, our 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 smaller groups of people and um and you know yeah especially with with a vaccine on the horizon uh i, I think we're all ready to, to to um to open up the shades and open up the front door and mm. um and walk out again and yeah. Sure. And I think I think one of the things that that uh, the collective does is that it it um, it it gives it, it opens up that window to a place that everyone on the planet shares. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's a and it's a place that that is that that tells us so much about the rest of our planet where where it's time for to be to be part of this of this collective mindset. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. A mindset that's not only ready to solve problems, but also to, to do it in a joyful way, in a beautiful yeah. way. Um, and, um, and, 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 and so, and so with that, you, you, you know, whereas our, our collective sort of starts with, with the notion of the collective artists, um, there's, there's, um, there's also some marvelous ways in which, in which folks can, can, can become, you know, you know, part of the broader, broader collective with, with, um, with helping support this this new um, new online exhibition, and so so um, I, when you're visiting I, the the site there, there, there's a there's a donate button. So oh yeah, mm-hmm. donate. Right part of it. Well, this is why you know this whole thing is the collective too is when artists and musicians come together because sometimes you are you know doing solitary creative work and then you get together and it's like, oh, somebody's like tweaking my little noodle part of my brain over here and I'm going to now create some that just like you get this other inspiration for more creativity. The more you surround yep. yourself with creativity, the more creative you become. And that goes for business people because that's, you know, we need more money so that we can, you know, sponsor things like this. <laughs> so you got to get creative. Uh, so I'm just going to say that it's true. The donate button, you know, go check it out. And uh, everyone, it's on the website. Go to aawcollective.com. But I, I think it's that that collaborative thing between artists and music, musicians and writers, especially over the shared experience, is so important to keep that conversation moving forward. That creativity. Um, but also, like we're saying, you're documenting, you're doing all these amazing things together. But yet, as we move forward, 
you're putting science in front. And I think this is so mm-hmm. cool about um, the arts have been brutalized over the last 10 years, I feel. Like even art in schools have been just like slash this, slash that funding. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, so when we talk about money and donating and all of that, you think about like what National Parks Arts Foundation has done, uh, what what this whole thing that you guys are together on with what the National Science Foundation's Art Antarctic Artists and Writers Program. These kind of programs um, are so essential, and if we don't have them, we're yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to say any dirty words, but I'm close. The reality <laughs> is we need we need them. And there, that is how we're going to be able to take this knowledge in. You guys are like Mary Poppins, you know, here, we're, we're making it nice and cozy for you to get this information in and, and feel something. You know what I, I mean? It's, it's, it's important. Yeah. Well, it is. If you take away our art and our ability to art, then you're basically taking away our ability to express ourselves away. And that yeah. makes us not a free society anymore so the arts are an essential part of our freedom and people mm-hmm. need to remember that because it's mm-hmm. essential that we don't let people just stomp on our rights mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and, and actually I'd like to, to build on what you just said there because um, you know, certainly the, the uh, explosion of, of, of social media has offered this opportunity for 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 any person who has an internet c- c- connection to to speak to say something mm-hmm. publicly, okay, and and we often often um, uh, you, you know talk about our, our our First Amendment right, okay, h- here in mm-hmm. in the U.S. the the uh, the, the freedom of speech, but mm-hmm. um, but but one of the interesting things about the freedom of speech is that it is that whereas we have a right to say things. Mm-hmm. There's there there is no legal right for us to be heard or listened Ooh. to, and 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 artists and scientists fundamentally are professional listeners because because they look at something something deeply, carefully, and 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 mm-hmm. and, 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 and and listen to what that thing has to say. Uh, and uh, and then then turn it around and then invite other people into that world and uh, and I think that that uh, this is one of the other really important places that that uh, that we as as artists especially civic artists uh, that that are interested in the health of the planet that um, mm-hmm. this is the time for us to to step forward. Uh, mm-hmm. to, 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 to not only share our art, okay, but also to be an example of, of good, careful, gentle, empathetic, and profound listeners. Mm. Oh, and so you're an interpreter. By being a listener, you're an interpreter <laughs> and a steward, you know. And still a um, historian. You're a yeah, historian. We're, gonna, mm-hmm. we're giving you a whole bunch of labels here. No, I dig it. Yeah. It's, you're yep, so right, well, Wes. You know, you're so right. People- yeah, the people it, it, in our collective are embodying all of those things. The way we have interpreters and and historians, there are so many of mm-hmm. those those aspects that are being featured in the works that that these these members of the collective are doing. You're spot on with that. Mm, I want awesome. I want to I want to bring this up too. You know, um, there's an there's we always feel this urgency, and there's all these things that we we discover new species. You know, as 
other mm-hmm. species are becoming endangered. And it's, you know, it is part of climate change. And it's also because people are going on these expeditions, you know, and it is dangerous. Like you brought up, it is dangerous what people do to go to the lengths to film a lizard that is in some weird tree area that maybe a snake is right behind you or whatever, you know, <laughs> everybody's got something um, in these expeditions. It is an expedition. Um, and I love that word. Isn't that one of the best words on the planet? Going on an mm-hmm. expedition, you know? Yeah, I love it. Um, danger is always involved. And it's too, is as you're documenting, interpreting, and doing like what Nancy and I do with our Love Your Parks tour, we're starting to see the need of and documenting before it goes away because things are changing rapidly. And so I think part of this importance of what you're doing is documenting it, just like I said, before it goes away. Do you feel that, Glenn, when you're like recording and listening? Do you feel like those sounds are going to shift and change the next time you go to the Antarctica? I mean, because you will go again. You never know. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm honored to have been been someone who went once, and 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 I would certainly not turn down an opportunity to to return if it comes around. But but but. But but I think what what you're saying is very very important is that is that you know in you know, you know we as artists we wear many hats okay mm. uh, we mentioned earlier you know you, you know the hats the hats of the of a public communicator or a historian um, or 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 that or or or, or someone who is who in, in what you're suggesting is is actually a a, a preservationist, okay, mm-hmm. uh, an, an, arch, an archivist of yeah. uh, of of sounds and and sites and 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 things from uh, from the natural world. But 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 also, I think that that you know, as we look at our heritage here, you know, we we can't ignore the fact that it was, you know, it was John Muir, you know, a photographer, mm-hmm. whose whose photographs of um, of what later became became Yosemite Park right. uh, and 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 other great um, Western mountain images, those photographs were the things that that convinced the the elected leaders in Washington, you know, to to begin the first national parks. Absolutely. And, um, and the paintings and, and, and so, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, and and so and so I think that that you know what we're trying to do with with uh the Antarctic Artists and Writers Collective is to is to put that that civic voice uh in the forefront of of what we do as as artists uh to 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 to, to tell these stories of faraway places so um so whether you're an elected de- uh, decision maker in in your country or your state or whether you're simply making making decisions about about what products you buy or or, or how you live your life these are these are decisions that need to be informed by um, by by artists, and so that's that's what we're trying to do. Do we mm-hmm. even know who owns the Antarctica? Nobody <laughs> owns Antarctica. That's really? the beauty of it. <laughs> they're they're wow. really, um, if you can Uh-oh. imagine it, divided into slices of. Ninety-two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. Ninety-two percent because of a bike. 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Advocate for those who need support and make a difference in your community. Earn a Bachelor of Social Work from Grand Canyon University. GCU is a premier private Christian university offering online social work programs with affordable tuition and personalized support. In addition, you can earn your Master of Social Work by completing the Bachelor of Social Work plus just one additional year instead of two. Find your purpose. Visit gcu.edu slash social work to learn more. High, like wedges, there are oh, cool. different divisions that are considered territorial claims by the different countries that initially signed on the Antarctic Treaty in the 1950s. And then mm-hmm. in the 60s, the different stations began being built. But, but still, no one actually owns any of it. It's an apolitical sort of space. Wow. If you can believe that on our planet today. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, there's but there's something to know I'm like, yeah. can't we just mm-hmm. do that now with everywhere? It's like, personally, wow. I'm just saying, if we could just get into that kind yeah. of mode, it might be easier. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I do that. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah when, 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 um, um, that I've put together. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Finish your thought there, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, in an, in an exhibit that I put together about a year ago, I was drawing comparisons between the, the archipelago that we know of as Hawaii kingdom, States, whatever you want to call it, and Antarctica, because as I spent more time figuring it out and being in these two places, I found more and more similarities. And one similarity that struck me was the way that Antarctica is divided into those pie wedges and the islands in the Hawaiian archipelago during Hawaiian kingdom times Mm. were divided into similar wedges called ahupua'a. And each one of those wedges was occupied by groups of people that, that had, had, um, had, reign over land that included the mountains, the upper elevations, all the way down and through valleys to the shoreline. And so Mm. that meant that people in each of those areas had resources from all of those different habitats. And, and it was sustainable in a very interesting way that is, you know, it's, it's so different from the way we look at land division nowadays, but, but I loved being able to draw that among other, many other connections between these two places. And I have to go on the animal nature side that doesn't care about the boundaries at all. Like historically, my DNA says I'm migrating from here to there, and I don't like your border crossings and your boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, that's, I've always said that about human beings. We, we moved yeah. around the planet because the planet changed. I mean, around the world, because Glenn can get into the planetary stuff because, like, he he's done all that with music. Um, he gets out there in space. Uh, but here's the deal with with this: you know, we the Earth shifted and people changed and history changed, and mm-hmm. we were nomadic in you know spirit because we had to be for survival. So I believe, like, our roots, our DNA, like, remembers that. Yeah, like I know, like you know. I I need to go south now to summer. <laughs> I need to go back to the equator because my body knows it. But you know, there's this thing you do, and and so it's a very. I feel like wherever we go, we collect this. I call it a um, deja vu dust. 
And I wonder if you guys feel that when you do all these residencies and like you've both you've done Hawaii, which is very interesting because this is so fascinating. It's fascinating that you did a whole exhibit on these, you know, the, the, change, the, the just that whole, like here, here I'm tropical and here I am over there playing with penguins and in the snow. It's, 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 you know, it's, it, we're back to the bipolar opposites. And it's um, mm-hmm. interesting to me because you kind of don't you think about the the other places like don't you feel like you're still wearing the jacket that you wore or maybe not in Hawaii but you know you still you still have a piece of it on you that that's the deja vu death so you carry it everywhere you go so you start to look at things in a different way especially when you spend time and what especially the two of you and I know the other artists in your collective and other artists and residents that you start to look at things in a really microscopic way, just like the listening, like Glenn was talking about. Mm-hmm. There's this microscopic way, yet at the same time, the microscopic way means that you're also having to fly out to zoom in and look grand, look bigger, you know? Does, did I make any sense yeah. at all? It is a holiday yes, season. absolutely. <laughs> I think the way that it, <laughs> right, I think the way that our our our, our beings have been changed because of that experience is what drives us to continue to make work, to share the experiences through our respective creative outlets. It's, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another mm-hmm. thing to document it in a way that can be shared and enjoyed beyond our capacity to be there to narrate it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Glenn, some... Glenn, what was on your mind before? Yeah. Yeah. We need to go back there. Well, 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 well um, you know, this, this notion of, of um, of a mindset of uh, of survivalism of needing each other, that um, when um, when I was with my my team on the Ross Ice Shelf at a little place called Yesterday Camp, okay, which is out on uh, on on an ice shelf, uh, the you know a kilometer thick and the size of the state of Texas, um, where everything is flat, okay, and um, and 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 we have a couple tents in which we we live in, um, and and we're trained oh. how to do that that intensive um, uh, survival work, both individually and collectively. Um, one of the things about being out there, which 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 has stayed with me ever since, is that um, when we would uh, all go out on an expedition, you know, away from the camp together, uh, one person was designated as as a person who would. Um, every 30 minutes ask everyone else in the team a couple of important questions. Okay. When was the last time you ate? When was the last time you drank water? Uh, are your fingers and toes cold? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, even though I live in, in, in Northern New York near, near Lake Placid in the, in the land of the winter Olympics, uh, I don't expect uh, a, a stranger to walk up to me and ask me those questions every 30 minutes. And I would feel a little bit put off if they did. But but what I realized down there was that those questions were keeping me alive. Mm-hmm. And when it was my turn to go around and ask those questions to other people, uh, it was keeping them alive. And uh, and and it was the, there was this profound sense of 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 connection that is is born of of a common challenge, a common danger, uh, and a common vision for what we're doing. And and, and I think that 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 um, it, it, you know finds its way into 
our conversations with the leadership team of the collective where where um there there um there really is is an opportunity for us as artists to to um to to continue our individual work but also to to look towards towards others in in profound ways to not only survive but but, but to thrive and to and to tell this important um story about the bottom of the planet that's beautiful mm-hmm. it's, you're so right about that it's it's our time in Africa was like that, and it's um, mm-hmm. we always talk about this greater sense of community and coming back to this country. We've had a like a like almost a culture shock of not having mm-hmm. that community of survival. Like the, I don't, you're, you, other than our friends that also went to Africa at the time that you know, especially Nancy is a you know taking me as a baby to Africa into the wilds of Kenya when she worked with Joy Adamson and living out in the bush. There was there was nothing. Like there's no one to talk so to cold. about that, and we have some friends, and we were we're gonna actually something news coming on the horizon on that. But it is exactly what you said, Glenn. I've had a hard time figuring it out. What is this sense of community? And it is a community over knowing there's a strong danger. And yeah, that's beautiful though. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful because it's yeah, community. I'm glad you brought that up, Glenn. Yes, yes. I, I, I think this is a point that I, I missed in my previous exhibition because I could have brought in the word kuleana. It's a Hawaiian word. It's a value. It's a practice about responsibility, not just to yourself, but also to the world and to your mm-hmm. community and, and ways of being reciprocal, being a reciprocal agent within, mm. within relationships. I think it's so beautiful. It's, I can see it being, being emphasized in my son's educational experience here in mm. Hawaii. But it's also very, very active in Antarctica. And and Nancy and Lisa, you're mentioning its presence in Africa. I I really love how transcendent that that mindset can be. So I'm glad that we're bringing it up today. Thank you. Oh, this is this is what a collective is all about. It's about people mm-hmm. getting together. It makes it bigger than you can't do a yeah. It it makes the experience even grow. I want to be like. Um, Talking about the 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 community of nature, the animals and the plants. Okay, mm-hmm. where okay, so when when I was out in the wild, and there wasn't really a lot of people to talk to. Um, now you're talking to the plants and the animals, and I found a great peace in that, to be honest, because they don't talk back. Well, the animals could, but. It is amazing to me that you can walk into the wild and not get killed by a lion, but you could just sit down and they just could sit down next to you if they wanted to or not. And it it's all about how you present yourself and how you feel about it, and it's a whole different connection on a different level. It And I went there as an artist, but it came back as more of a, a nature person artist you know, it's like, and I don't, I don't paint anymore now. I write, but I found it to be a real, like the education. If you can open yourself up to it, and that's a big deal, opening yourself up to learning and making do with what you've got was a huge experience, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, mm-hmm. the days in Africa, some of them were really difficult. But for the most part, and I could just sit, like, even now I can go sit outside and talk to a hummingbird, and I'm happy about that. Not right now in <laughs> Madison. There's well, flamingos, no, though. 
<laughs> well, no, not real ones. Not, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, a to the the disconnect that we've decided we should we could or should have from the natural world is what's going to take us out in the end. So I'm I'm a great proponent of getting back to nature and reconnecting. So when we go into the future, we make the right decisions of what we're doing to our planet. Mm. Yeah. And One of the first news stories I heard when I turned on the radio this morning was on NPR, and it was about Antarctic ice. I was thrilled to hear them make a comparison between the current temperature in Minneapolis, 16 degrees, was actually colder than the current temperature at McMurdo Station. And then they went on to, so I liked how they did that relationship first, so people can relate to the place. And then they went to Antarctica and they talked about ice core sampling being Mm. a a sort of book of knowledge that is Mm -hmm. in the ice. There's information about past climate history locked in the ice, but we are running out of time to be able to access this because it's not only a matter of glacial ice melting from the surface, but it's also mm-hmm. a matter of the earth having the, the ground rock, the, the continent underneath is warm mm-hmm. enough that it's melting the oldest, oldest layers from the bottom oh. up. And that oh, wow. was a perspective that was a little different for me. And, you know, even though I went to the ice and was scuba diving and was looking at marine environments, one mm-hmm. of the projects that I came away um, inspired to do was about glacial ice. And, and mm-hmm. it was all because, you know, you, you're in this network of community where you're meeting all these people that are doing other things, and there's so many ideas that swirl. So just focusing on a single project has, if you have your blinders on, you may miss other things that are going on that can also be ways of telling stories of this important place. So I'm thankful well, for, that, for that sense I think of community. This, this is our water source, mm. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's our water source. People try to forget that. This yeah. is our water source. Well, but I, I love that you bring up this about the layers. And being here in Madison, Wisconsin, right now, and going through the snow, it's going to snow like just it. We're in like 24 hours, we're going to get it again. And we've gone through this experience of like going, this stuff never melts, and then all of a sudden it melted, and like all of a sudden it was like in 24 hours I'm melting, and it was like a week later. And there's ice sliding off the roof. I know we talked about this before we started recording, but. Like, talk about explosions, and I was thinking to myself about this, like, with glaciers, like, what that sound was like as glaciers, like, mm-hmm. melted and fell into the ocean, and going and, and shoveling the snow, like, I really do it, 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 really, really appreciate the experience here, because I'm learning so much in regard, and I'm just fascinated by snow, and here's this well, tiny little bit, the, the whole snow it's thing, amazing. and then when I'm shoveling snow, I know this is in suburbia, but it's interesting the, it, it's the layer thing that happens with snow. Like you can tell this mm-hmm. was a snow that was two days ago, and then this is the new snow. And you're, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't explain mm-hmm. it. You gotta just come, you gotta shovel snow, and you can realize as you're scooping it up, like this was this, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like scooping, we're back to cake and pie, but it's, <laughs> I find it fascinating. I'm like totally into this whole, thing of how it works, how it melts, how it doesn't, and it's not doing normal stuff apparently right now if it's sliding off roofs now. It's supposed to do it in April, but this is very fascinating, and that's my closest I can get to Antarctica, but I feel like at least we're here in Madison, Wisconsin, so we understand even more <laughs> with, you guys, with what you experience, because I'm cold. You, 
guys, you should have told me to wear better mittens. <laughs> I'm just saying I should have talked to you guys both before we got here. <laughs> Go ahead, Glenn. Well, well, all about well um, um, what you say is so important because because in learning that there's different kinds of snow, okay, you know that mm-hmm. that's that is 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 showing uh, showing. Um, curiosity and wonder at things that are not part of an experience that you had before, mm-hmm. and um, and and in many ways that's what what we what we try to do as artists. I, I know when when I spent spent um, some time at uh, Hawaii Volcanoes National Park that um, that uh, you, you know learning that there was more than one kind of lava. Okay, it, it was was really oh. exciting for for me as a as a corn-fed country kid from upstate New York, uh, who never in- encountered even one kind of lava, and um, and 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 so I think that that you know there's there's there there's many functions that 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 we as artists serve, but but um, if if no other functions happen, and at the very least we um, we nurture a sense of curiosity. Uh, amongst our audiences, then, um, then I think we will have accomplished something. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. You guys, this is so exciting. Please keep, please keep us posted as this collective progresses with exhibits and everything online, because I know eventually when COVID, you know, kind of goes away, thanks to science, um, <laughs> got to do that. <laughs> then, yes. um, you know, there'll be more in-person things too, you know, in-person exhibits. Um, I love the fact, though, that the Internet does provide this connection that's universal, um, you know, to all the places that do have Internet anyway. It can reach out. And um, I love the fact that this all comes from some kind of residency. And when you talked about lava, I I think this – and I want to bring up also – talking about Hawaii, I wanted to touch on Michelle, you've got uh, some art out there in California I want to talk about real quick, but you talked about lava and the different types of lava and mm. um, we just featured a story about Amboy Crater, which is out in Joshua Tree area, and Michelle you know what I'm talking about, you know where we are with, with Joshua Tree um, mm-hmm. in that area and uh, we were writing about like, you know, there's this trail that became a national uh Nat- it's a nat- national natural landmark, but it became a national recreation trail going where you could go up to the top of the, the crater and look down. And when we got there, it was just too hot to do the whole thing. And they say, don't do it. You know, it was just, it was really, really hot. And this is where all the parks were shutting down, but this is one place we could go. And there was wildflowers. It was beautiful. It was so surreal to see wildflowers too, but we just got there so late and that pinnacle time that if you go there you're you it, you're going to pass out or something you know and i was thinking about you guys in hawaii like what that has got to be like when you did the artist residency um being able to see the big you know calderas and the craters and everything and then it's talking about the cinder cone lava thingy and i'm like what do you mean about a cinder cone what is this a pine tree got in there somewhere what like now i'm like curious because i didn't know what they were talking about like honestly, it's in our magazine that it's a cinder cone because that's what the park people say. But I don't know what that means. Like, I didn't know there were different types of lava. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like that. That. That's that's. Uh, I think what I think what's great about these residencies and the things that you have both experienced and the other artists is you have that time to breathe and learn and and 
delve into the different the different types of snow. Yes, there's yellow snow here too. Um, <laughs> different types of lava, and and because you don't really think that, you know what I mean. And and if I've been able to spend more time in that crater area of the Amboy Crater, I would understand more about what that lava was about. But we just didn't have the time. But that's fascinating to me that there's more than one lava. That's mm. so. I love that some of the geological terms for these Hawaiian lava forms are, you know, geologists use the Hawaiian word. It's not just something that is mentioned as one of the common names or or terms that can be used. So the the smooth lava that looks like almost like ripples of pancake batter being cooked, those concentric ripples, that's pahoehoe. And it's it's easy to walk on with bare feet. It's smooth and, and, and quite comfortable. And then the sharper lava that looks jagged, like um, rough shards of glass mm. or broken broken edges. Indeed, if you try to walk on that with your bare feet, you will be saying, ah, 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 it's, it's too painful. <laughs> well, well, you know, that, that's valuable. Then I want to know what a cinder cone thing is now, the cinder cone pine thing, whatever, cinder cone. I gotta learn. I'm going to look into that, oh. but... Do you know? Go for it. Tell oh, well, me. the cone is just the, the shape of the volcanic structure. The, the, the stereotypical shape of a volcano will have that. It, it's a cone shape if you think of it like, yeah. a, like a geometric form. So it's not the pine cone. It's not the seed-bearing botanical cone. I know. And then cinder is, is the crumbly rock that you might even find in a bag at a garden supply store that you can put on your landscaping. So think of cinder like that. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. I'm so happy now, like, because it, it does look like cookies, yeah, <laughs> like Oreos all crushed up, and, like, you do want to eat it, mm-hmm. but then you know better. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for that. Thank you. So, right now, you've got a piece of art on display called Get the Message, Words and Images. It's at Art uh, Benicia. Oh, my gosh, up in Northern California, Benicia. Is that, like, like mm-hmm. Point Reyes area? Um, and you said it was I'm inspired by the visit. And, um, the silver sword plants in Haleakala National Park, they're kind of like yuccas in a way, those silver sword plants. They you know, do when you have start... that growth form, yes. It looks like a giant pincushion with all of those spikes emanating from the center. But if you yeah. are amid these plants at, a, at the right time of their life cycle, you might see a flower spike emerge from that dense pincone cool. bottom space. And then there are all these, they look like small daisies. They're in the aster family. They look like small sunflower heads on, mm. on a central spire. And so it's quite a dramatic plant. You know, I first learned about these plants when I was in college in Wisconsin because one of my botany professors there studied silver swords and their, their um, genetic radiation in Hawaii. So even back then, before I ever visited the state of Hawaii, I was interested in the plants that are endemic to the state. So it was a real thrill to be able to experience these plants in the national park an area that was protecting these endangered species. And then I I used my field notebook paper, that waterproof paper that biologists might use. And I used when I was a a science student, I used it as a surface for metal point drawing and thinking of the name silver on the, on the Mm. plants, the the hairy silver hairs reflecting the light and saving water. And I, I did silver point drawing on those pieces of paper and then assembled it to be a sculpture, a paper sculpture that looks like that plant. And I was, I was excited that this, this sculpture got into this exhibition that is not just talking about visual art, but then it also asks the artist to tell what was the, the inspiration, the literary reference that inspired the work. 
and I was able to draw from a time when I was at the park with my family. My son was, um, was a few years younger in elementary school, but during sunrise, there's often a park docent or a ranger that will, that will chant a Native Hawaiian song that is about sun, you know, asking the sun to rise and, and having the sun come up above the horizon and to be experiencing the sunrise up atop Haleakala is quite dramatic. So my son ended up singing along with this ranger and, and someone oh. else, another docent at the park, saw him doing this. Later they spoke and she said that she, she had tears in her eyes. She was so moved by that experience of seeing a younger, a younger child knowing this song wrote and, and not even being Hawaiian. She said that when she was young, she was of a generation where Hawaiian was discouraged from being spoken and, oh. and you know, kids were, were yeah. reprimanded for, for speaking their native language. And to see that there's a shift that's come about over these last decades was, was very moving to this person. So I, I, I wrote that chant as the literary inspiration for that sculpture. I love cool. that. I love that. I, and and mm-hmm. see, then again, see, that's that community, that community spirit. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm into the plant because they are like, they like, maybe I should say like more like aloe, but like they are, they remind me of yuccas, like in, there's a certain light that comes in, but they also, there's mm-hmm. something about Hawaii where it kind of reminds me of uh, Sitsikama area up on the garden route of South Africa has that with there's this bush mm-hmm. and then like, like hummingbirds so coming, but they're not sugar birds, right? Sugar birds. Yeah, but sugar anyway, birds. I'm getting way off topic. But you guys just make my head all natureified, <laughs> and we we needed the nature fix. So thank you both for trying. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, before you go, each of you, what was like your first thought in mind when you arrived in Antarctica? Let's start with you, Gwen, getting there. Just when you arrived, I mean, did you pinch yourself? <laughs> um. Uh, uh, actually, I think that my my first thought thought on on arrival was was making sure that that I, I had um, I had all the gear that 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 Elaine Hood told me I was supposed to bring with me, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and 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 I was focused very much on on the logistical you know once we um, uh, once we got settled in uh, the the uh, the the wonder started to seep in. You know, um, uh, slowly but surely, and um, and and it went from from kind of making sure I had all of my all of my survival gear as the thing that was in the, the, the that was glowing in my forehead to to um, to having a chance to to um, listen to the whole the whole planet to to uh, to bump into then Secretary of State. Um, um, and, and 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 whole bunches of other stuff that that essentially brought me into a bigger world. Um, mm-hmm. I arrived there with, with 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 a bunch of individual worries that was a pretty small world defined by the place between my ears, and then and then I left um, being part of a much bigger world. Oh, and look, and it's continuing mm-hmm. on. That's what I so love about this collective. Is that you use the word transcend, you know, that transcend is one of my favorite words on the planet because it just is like we keep evolving and growing and moving and community and the collectives uh, do that. It keeps things living and moving forward. So I think it's really exciting and it comes from collaboration and artists working together and science working together. And I love that science is part of this forefront of it all. So it's, it's really wonderful. But Michelle, did you pinch yourself? 
I mean, you went down in the water. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you posed the question, <laughs> when you posed the question, I wrote down the first thing that came to mind, and that was the word brilliant. There was something mm-hmm. about being on the plane and looking out those few porthole windows to be able to see what you see out the window, and it was so bright. It was so bright and crisp and clear, and it, it was hard to tell just how what altitude we were at as we were looking at the landscape flying into the station. And then once I landed and, and exited the plane, the light, again, is so brilliant and crisp. The air is so clear, and it also is so clean. You know, it's such a, a pure air quality. And then mm. once I was in the water, the, the, the water quality, the water clarity is also exceedingly clear, more more visibility than I've had in any other diving experience around ah. the world of it all. Those those are the things that, that impressed upon me immediately. That's and I'm amazing. Glad that we can bring back those experiences to share. That's <laughs> amazing because I think that's important. Nancy's got a collection of photographs. We have a storage unit, a small storage unit, and it's really there to house her uh, last few paintings that, you know, that we own. Um, some of my writing and some of our artifacts of Africa, but also her slide collection. She's got over 18,000 slides where Mount Kilimanjaro was actually Mount yeah. Kilimanjaro with the snow. Um, the snow you could it. have all the biodiversity of the animals, and we're still kind of figuring out what we're going to do with them all. Like, but, like, there, it's not what it is now. Like, you, we see what's, you know, what Kenya looks like at a watering hole, and it's not what the – I mean, you could get, like, 30 species – at a watering mm-hmm. hole, 20 to 30 yeah, species in yeah. one photo, and you don't have that now. And yeah. I know yeah. that there's something we have to do with it, but even now as we're traveling, when you brought up air quality, I see it as I'm photographing, and I see telephone lines, and I see I'm always dodging this human and it's it's like it's everywhere, and I don't know what to do. And I feel like we have to document everything. We I don't know. I just feel like a greedy pig of documenting, documenting, and I don't know. But it's go. I feel like it's slipping. I'm not being like urgent, crazy, but it's. I do see pollution when we're out in all these parks, and we're in community parks, all the way to national parks. I do see the pollution. I do see the phone lines. I do see the cell phone towers. And you want to take this beautiful photo, and they're in the way. And I always try to crop it out and do all that nice art stuff. But then I feel like I should also take a photo and say, do we want this? You know, so there's this Mm -hmm. thing going on. And eventually I wonder, are we going to be a bunch of cell phone trees? Are we going to have a forest of towers? That's where I feel we're going if we don't, like, really look at it. And I feel like when you're out doing this, that we see those things. We see those little things that we just kind of take for granted every day that that's just normal. So I don't know. I don't know where we are on all of that in the world, but I think art is definitely in the way. And we really appreciate what you've both done and all the artists that are part of the collective and all the artists that go and take that time to do a residency because it's a very unique experience. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to the National Parks Arts Foundation uh, for connecting us with you. So keep up with them at nationalparksartsfoundation.org. And also keep up with Michelle and with Glenn. you got to keep up with Michelle at schwengala.com. That's S-C-H-W-E-N-G-A-L-A, schwengala.com. 
keep up with Glenn on his website, Art for Brains. Can't beat that in domain name. I love that. <laughs> Artforbrains.com. And also the collective, which is aawcollective.com. We want to thank you both for joining us. And Glenn, uh, we're going to play Tremble. You want to give everyone a, a little overview of Tremble? Uh, this is one of one of the pieces that um, that the the notes in the piece came from from a, a mathematical translation of of seismic information from the Ross Ice Shelf, uh, and so uh, the the uh, the notion that the Ross Ice Shelf trembles when the water pressure underneath it changes means that uh, the the ice the ice moves when when there is weather anywhere on the planet and and, mm. and, and so and, and so antarctica wow. is is or the the ross ice shelf is like a big eardrum for the rest of the planet mm. uh listening to to, wow. to um to, to what's happening and we were there uh when we were standing on top of the rice El- ross ice shelf even though we couldn't feel it with our feet we, we could feel it through the data that uh, that 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 trembling went went through our feet and 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 into our hearts. So um, so that's 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 the inspiration for the um, for the choral piece here. Tremble. Wow! Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Very us, cool. both of you. Uh, Happy New Year and keep us posted. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Lisa and Nancy. And as we say in Hawaii, thank you, everybody. Yeah. Now is Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, that's Happy thank Birthday. Oh, I okay. Happy New Year, you know everybody. Yeah. No, here it is. Happy cheese curds. Here, here it is, everyone. Tremble. 